2 Timothy chapter 4. Each time we begin our class lately, I've reminded us the content of this New Testament letter is from God, written by Paul, to Timothy, and for our learning today. Likewise, I've given us the historical setting. Paul is near the end of his life, and his concern is the continuation of the Lord's work on earth through faithful men like Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Context. This was written by the Apostle Paul to his close companion, Timothy. Timothy was a preacher. He worked in Ephesus for a time. First and 2 Timothy are letters Paul wrote to this young evangelist, mostly about his work of preaching. This was near the end of Paul's life. Below the passage we read, down in verse 6, Paul said, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. What was on Paul's mind as he approached execution? giving clear instruction from God about preaching the word for Timothy and for us today. Paul had, just before this, made reference to the value of inspired scripture, saying that inspired scripture enables or equips the preacher for every good work. That's the context of this defining statement about the important work of preaching. Let's look now at some of the details. To the younger preacher, Paul said, I charge you. That's about responsibility, personally accepted and witnessed by deity. Let me say that again. Paul said to the young preacher, I charge you. That's about responsibility, personally accepted and witnessed by deity. When Timothy was baptized, he became a Christian and he accepted that responsibility to live the rest of his life under the authority of Christ and for the glory of God, just as when we were baptized. When Timothy started preaching, he accepted additional responsibility 
to preach only the word and to conduct his life in such a way as to show his personal commitment to the message he delivered. To be so committed, he would be willing to suffer hardship, to be uncompromising with perseverance and love. The charge is the acceptance of personal responsibility to deliver the word and to never engage in conduct that would disrupt the delivery of the message. In some of our classes in First and Second Timothy, we have often used the word stewardship. Timothy did not originate the gospel. God did. Paul did not originate the gospel. Paul did. Paul and Timothy received it, and they were to deliver it just as God gave it. That's the charge these men were under, stated by Paul here to Timothy. But let's not miss this. Timothy's life as a Christian and his work as a preacher was before an audience, not just on earth. Here's the phrase. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Preachers need to well understand God is in every audience. By that I mean God is listening to what I preach and how I preach and how I live. We preach to people, delivering to them the word. But it cannot escape our awareness that God is always listening and watching all of us as the act of preaching takes place. That brings to the heart of the preacher a powerful sobriety about the work, and it brings to the heart of the listener a powerful sobriety about their listening. We have accepted personal responsibility to deliver the word of God to people, and this we do before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have all accepted responsibility to use the word of God only as the source of our faith and the instruction for our life. Let's call this the highest incentive to faithfulness for the preacher and for the people who are listening to the preacher the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Closely tied to that, I'm going to use the word accountability. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Many of you have had experience with job evaluations. Perhaps once a year, a superior writes up your evaluation. Someone told me one time, preachers have job evaluations twice each Sunday. I suppose so. But beyond the human evaluation, God is evaluating his people constantly, preachers and listeners. And God will do an ultimate evaluation at the judgment. So, preacher, listener, 
those who support the preacher, elders, God is evaluating everything, and we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Men who accept the personal responsibility to preach the word have one big evaluation that is ahead, along with everybody else. Preachers cannot take that lightly. That's the highest accountability. Paul wants Timothy to understand the work, the source. I'm looking at verse 2. Our English words, preach and preaching, are derived from the Latin word, which means to say before. That is, to tell before a group. The preacher takes his source, and from that source, he speaks to the group. The source or message is the word of God. So when we take what's written in the source, the word, and we deliver it to a group, when the preacher then presses upon the group the urgency of listening to the word and obeying the word, that's preaching. Preaching is not just keeping an audience interested or entertained for a half an hour. TV movies and comedians can do that better than most preachers. Preaching is not just making people feel good. If people are lost in sin, it is irresponsible to let them feel good about that. Preaching is the act of taking what is written in the source and delivering that to people exactly as it is written, then challenging people to give it personal attention by the activity of faith and obedience and steadfast application and doing all we can, all of us, to spread this word. I must speak what God has spoken, and you must listen and accept only what God has spoken, the word. The work of preaching the word must be embraced with constancy and courage. It says here, be ready in season and out of season. Constantly being ready to the best of your ability to deliver the word of God with application to the people. Whether it is popular or not, if it is needed and demanded by the truth of the word, preach it. Welcomed or not, appreciated by men or not, embraced or rejected, urgently preach the word. Paul takes us and First Timothy into the various dimensions of the work. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at these terms that describe the various dimensions of the work, starting with, in the middle of verse 2, reprove or convince. That means to persuade, to give evidence. Preaching the word means showing people what the word says. You open the pages of the word of God, read what it says, and set yourself to the task of doing whatever applies to you with devotion of heart to the Lord. The preacher uses the word of God to convince people of what they need to know and do. Here's another term, rebuke. That's a little different. Rebuking means 
identifying what is wrong, exposing sin. For examples, when a preacher reads what the Bible says about adultery, and based on that teaching, calls upon people who are guilty to repent and do right, that's a legitimate work of rebuking God has assigned to preachers. When a preacher opens up the Bible and exposes greed, hypocrisy, dishonesty, false doctrine, filthy talk, hateful attitudes, that's within the legitimate work of preaching as outlined here by the Apostle Paul. To exhort is to urge people to do what is right. I want you to imagine what it would be like for there to be no exhorting in preaching. A man would get up, read a passage, and sit down. Do you see how valuable it is? The way God set it up, God tells his preachers to deliver the word and exhort people to listen and obey and grow and teach others. And I say to you, there is a certain passion and urgency that must accompany the work of exhortation. To preach effectively, you must get people's attention. Tell them what the Word says. Let them hear the Word and then put the pressure on urging people to do what is right. Concerning the attitude of the preacher, it says, with all long-suffering and teaching. In one translation, with complete patience and teaching. You know what the opposite of this is? Impatience and browbeating. If you preach and get mad and treat people with contempt and set yourself apart from people as if you were holier, and sink into depression and rage, you're not helping anybody, not converting anybody, and you're killing yourself. All you can do is preach the word, urge people to repent and obey God, preach Christ and Him crucified, and exemplify in your life the righteousness you preach. Here's the urgency of the work. I'm going to read from the New King James verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Preachers must preach the word today against the threat of apostasy tomorrow. There is the distinct possibility that in the future some who are Christians now will drift away from the truth of God's word. It happened in the days of the early church. It has happened in our lifetime. We worry about that. We know that is happening. Christians rejecting the authority of Scripture to become involved in humanly manufactured religion and false teaching are just worldly pursuits. What do we do about that? We preach the word today. That's the urgency of the work of preaching. And then Paul directs his instruction to the person, to the man, Timothy, concerning his personal devotion. As for you, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, 
do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Preaching is about reading, study, organizing, planning, delivery. But it's also about a person, a man, who must himself be devoted to the message he delivers. I saw this the other day, written by a gospel preacher, and it is true. Nothing is more critical to success in declaring this life-transforming message than the godly character of the one proclaiming it. Preaching is not a profession, but a function of being a disciple of Jesus. The most important thing about those who preach is not that they are preachers, but that they are devoted Christians. What a gospel preacher does in the pulpit is only a small part of his life. His life must match his message. That's 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. We are the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Thank you for listening.